hear the rest of that story that we heard so wonderfully read in different languages earlier, the story of the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So we are in Acts 2. We are going to begin reading at verse 1, and we're going to take it all the way down through verse 21. Listen for the word of God. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at the sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who were speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And may God bless this reading and hearing of this word. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Some years ago, a church that I was serving had a terrible grief experience. There was a young couple who had just married a few months before, and he developed cancer that was rapidly moving, and he died, and we were left with a young widow. 
And so, of course, the service was held there in the sanctuary. But she had a hard time coming back to church after that. Because that was where we did the funeral for her husband. And her experience of that sanctuary had been changed to a place of sadness. And so she avoided it. There are variations on this story in every congregation. People who lose their loved ones or their friends and the service is held in the sanctuary and there are some people that just can't deal with the space after that because it becomes a reminder of death and finitude. And I've been thinking about that this week as I consider the story of Pentecost. You know, let's go back to Easter Sunday. We have worship services during Holy Week. We have Maundy Thursday and we have Good Friday and we hear the story of the passion of Jesus' death. And then we wake up on Sunday morning and, hallelujah, the Lord is risen, he is risen indeed. And we turn that corner pretty fast, don't we? Because we know how the story continues. But as I consider the apostles who were gathered in the upper room, that's where they celebrated Passover with Jesus on the night that he was betrayed and arrested and then the next day executed. And of course, they have experienced his resurrection, but I don't think they turned the corner that fast. Just as we 21st century people try to wrap our minds and our hearts around what it means to believe in the resurrection, Surely the apostles struggled with that too. And they were in that space, that old space still, which must have had all kinds of associations for them. Associations of the last time that they were with Jesus when he was physically alive among them. But yet, yet, They remained in that upper room just as Jesus had instructed them. He told them to stay there and to wait. And so they did. But I would imagine that there were some among the apostles for whom that was not easy because of all the associations in that old And so the story begins with the day of Pentecost. On the Jewish calendar, it's a festival day called Shavuot. And it celebrates the giving of the Torah. And it's also an agricultural festival. The harvest of the winter wheat would have come in and there would have been people streaming into Jerusalem to bring their offerings of grain. And also... 
to celebrate the giving of the Torah. And so you had people, some Jews who spoke Aramaic, some from different parts of the Roman Empire who believed in the God of Israel, and they are in the city at this time. And it is that day on which something happens. The Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles in a rush of wind and of flame, and they find themselves empowered to do the work that Jesus has asked them to continue doing. And so that old place becomes imbued with new power. The disciples are given a new narrative. Instead of the narrative of their old lives, when they followed Jesus around and many of them were confused, about the stories he told. They, they were trying to understand what it meant when Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, it is here now, and they're still thinking in terms of some kind of political leader who's going to throw the Romans out. But that old narrative ceases, and they leave it behind, and they live into a new narrative in which they are given the power of the Holy Spirit to go and proclaim the kingdom of God to all who will listen. Last week I was in Denver at the Festival of Homiletics. It is a geeky preacher event. And there were 1,800 of us geeks there. And so what, and, okay, I need to tell you, who knows what the word homiletic means? Some do, some don't. I've had people ask me, what, what, what does that mean? Homiletics, it is the practice of preaching. And so the whole week consisted of different preachers who would preach sermons in the context of a worship service. We met at three downtown Denver churches, and there were simultaneous worship services going on. And then each preacher would give a workshop as well, too. And those ran simultaneously, so we had to choose who we wanted to hear. And I sat in on the worship service of Brian McLaren. I've heard him do many workshops, but I've never heard him preach. And what he talked about was the narrative of decline. Right? We've been hearing this for 50 years, right? That the church is in decline, especially the mainline church. All right? Started back in the 60s. And we have been telling ourselves that we are in decline. In many ways, it's like we are stuck in an old place, are we not? But McLaren's gift in that sermon was that the Holy Spirit is giving us a new narrative. Are you ready? A narrative of pregnancy. (laughs) A narrative of pregnancy. In other words, God has chosen to marry God's own self with everything that is broken about the church and is giving the gift of the Holy Spirit again so that the church may become fruitful and thrive. 
My friends, the day of Pentecost, that is the turning point for this new narrative. God is doing something new now. We consider this space, this sanctuary, which has seen joys, sorrows, grief. And we wonder, wonder if new life can take place here again. And we've got six confirmands sitting on the front rows that tell us yes. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, has been visited on us again. We are being called into God's future, called to work with God to bring about God's dream, not only for this congregation, for this community, but for all of creation. It may be an old space, my friends, but there is new power among us. Amen.